I need a 1031 with my self-directed IRA? Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's AdBits, how does the 1031 interplay with a self-directed IRA? Do I actually need to use a 1031? What is a 1031 exchange? And when would I ever consider doing a 1031 exchange with a self-directed IRA? So before we get into the rules, um, but what a 1031 is and how self-directed IRA rules work, let me just summarize that in general, you don't need to do a 1031 when you have an IRA. Why? Because an IRA and a 1031 are quite similar. They're both tax deferral type transactions, right? With a 1031, if you have a property and you want to sell, if you find a like-kind property, as long as you enter into this 1031 exchange, follow the rules, then you can purchase the 1031 exchange property and not pay any tax or even any depreciation recapture on that exchange. So in, in essence, you're deferring tax. Much like an IRA who buys real estate and sells it, the income and gains generally flow back to the IRA without tax. So now that we have summarized the um, I guess core principles of the podcast, let me go into some details. So 1031 exchanges are super popular with real estate investors. They're actually really, really smart tax strategies. Um, I actually wrote an article about 1031s uh, my first year as a lawyer back in 2001. Um, it's a great strategy. Why? Because you defer tax. So it really uh, plays to my heart as a, an IRA lover, someone who believes in the U.S. retirement system as a principal way to save because it's based off the core principles of deferral. Compounding returns, right? Your money grows faster when it's not subject to taxation. Much like real estate, you have a great property, maybe with a lot of built-in gains. Maybe you bought the property for a million and now it's worth 20 million or 5 million or 10 million. And you don't really want to pay all those capital gains, even if they're long-term, because you're also going to have to pay ordinary income on depreciation recapture. And you don't really need the money. You don't want to pay the tax. And it would be great if you can just defer it. And that's what a 1031 allows you to do. It allows you to pick a replacement property within 45 days, like-kind property, close within 180 days on a like-kind property. Um, and you can also escape any depreciation and capture so long as it's a like-kind property. And then now you have a new building that's worth more than you paid for it, the existing one, right? If you paid a million for your first building and now it's worth 10 million, you can now buy a property <clears throat> worth approximately 10 plus a little bit of room um, and without paying the tax and then keep going. And a lot of smart real estate families do this and they do this till the person that owns the company dies because when they die, they get what's called a step-up basis, meaning all their heirs now get that asset at the step-up basis, the fair market value. So they basically escape paying tax and all the gains. So it's a really, really smart um Real estate strategy, uh, Kushner's have done this for many, many years in New York, uh, New Jersey. If you Google around 1031 strategies or um, real estate developers that did 1031, you'll see a lot of famous people. Um, really smart. It's it's a really um, very um, pro-taxpayer uh, provision in the tax code. It's section 1031. That's why the name is, is such. And it really follows the same rules as an IRA or the IRA follows the same rules as a 1031. 
Why you buy a home, a piece of real estate, a piece of land in your IRA for a million, you sell it for 10 million, all the income and gains flows back to the IRA without tax, right? You defer the tax. And if you are in a Roth IRA, so long as you're over 59 and a half and the Roth's been open at least five years, you can then take a Roth IRA distribution tax-free. Never pay tax on any of the money you pull out. Uh, with the 1031, ultimately, you will have to pay capital gains at some point. Although if you wait till the uh, heir of the family um, dies, you'll get a step up in basis and maybe you can you know, kind of zero out your capital gains. But that's obviously a longer period of time. <laughs> with a Roth IRA, it's just 59 and a half and five years. But same principles. You defer tax, you push the tax payment forward, or you can eliminate it with a Roth IRA. With a pre-tax IRA, it's the same principles. You're deferring tax. So it's very, very uh, parallel in terms of its tax advantages. <laughs> but really, the only time you need to think of a 1031 if you have an IRA asset is if you have leverage. If you use a non-recourse loan to buy real estate in an IRA, a portion of the income or gains associated with a loan could be subject to a tax known as unrelated business taxable income tax or UBIT which can go as high as 37%, okay? If you buy real estate in a 401k, you're generally exempted from the UBIT tax. But assuming you have a traditional IRA or a Roth, or maybe even a SEP IRA that buys the real estate, um, you could be subject to this UBIT tax. But if you enter in the 1031, and instead of selling the property, you defer to a like-kind property, you can technically do the 1031 and eliminate any of the UBIT tax because it's not treated as a taxable transaction. So you can still find a like kind property at the current fair market value, defer it, keep it in the IRA, just make sure you um, can locate a replacement property within 45 days and then close within 180 days. And as long as you do that um, and are able to <laughs> Uh, follow that process, you can defer any of the gains on the use of the leverage because it's not deemed a taxable event. But if you're not, not using leverage in an IRA, or if you've used the leverage, but you paid off the loan, or you're using a 401k and there's no UBIT tax, you don't need a 1031. There's no reason to ever do a 1031 with an IRA. Again, they follow the same parallel tax principles. They defer tax. The only way and the only reason a 1031 has any value in the IRA context from a real estate standpoint. If you have leverage on the IRA asset, you can defer paying any UBIT tax by buying a like-kind property and uh, entering into a 1031 because um, there is no um, deemed uh, taxable event. Um, that's it. It's really, I've been doing this 14 years. I think I've had a couple clients do a 1031 in an IRA, super, super rare. Um, why a lot of clients will wait till the leverage is uh, paid off and then sell the property, um, or they'll use leverage in a 401k, uh, or they'll pay the UBIT tax, but generally the 1031 just doesn't become a really viable option. Um, maybe it should <clears throat> for more and more folks, and you know that's kind of the reason I, I like doing these podcasts is hopefully I can just educate a few more people that at least maybe it resonates, and uh, hopefully if it does, <clears throat> and they review this and it makes sense for them, then they could enter in a 1031 type transaction with their IRA and uh, escape, escape the UBIT tax, which again is pretty high painful tax of up to 37%. Uh, so 
That's it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, appreciate the support. Um, it's a weekly podcast. Generally drops every Tuesday. Um, if you're looking for a bit of information on uh, select self-directed IRA or 401k or an alternative asset investments, IRS rules, tax court cases uh, that involve retirement accounts, it's your place. You're going to enjoy it. It's free. Check it out. 10, 15 minutes of your time. And I promise you're going to enjoy it. You're going to learn a lot. So uh, thanks again for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed it and have a great day. Ciao.